For more resources, visit rym.org. The Local Youth Worker is a daily podcast that's centered on five questions each week. Ranging from the practical to the professional, we're looking for answers to the questions you're asking. Whether you're in full-time, part-time, or even volunteer youth ministry, this podcast is for you. Hey everyone, welcome back to our Friday show. We've been talking to Cameron Cole all this week and like we said, one of the frequently asked questions many youth workers get has to do with pain and suffering and how could God allow uh, that to occur. And really, um, Cameron deals with that in his book, Therefore I Have Hope. I would encourage you all to go check that out. It's available through Crossway Books. You can pick it up at, at Amazon. And so we've been talking about his story and some of the content of that story. And so, Cameron, to close this um, week out, I uh, wanted to ask you, Really two questions uh, as you're dealing with parents and you're in youth ministry, and we know those go hand in hand. You know, in, in what ways has this tragedy, you know, changed your perspective on parenting? And then also in what ways has it changed your perspective on youth ministry? And so looking at, at parenting first, uh, you said you, yeah. you you have three children and, uh, you know, how has that, how's that shifted your perspective on parenting? Yeah, yeah. So I have... Um... I'd say two things about how it's, I don't know if I would use the word change, but I would say it's maybe kind of reinforced or refined my, um, my view of parenting. On one end, I would say it has definitely made me double down that I want to raise my kids for the sake of glorifying Jesus. Um, I just feel like my son's, you know, sweet little life of three years and 55 days has just brought, um, it's just brought the, has been used uh, to, to magnify Christ, uh, to make much of Christ that, you know, whether it's through um, just stories of his conversion the day before he died or um, this book, therefore I have hope or, or other, other ways um, that my wife and I've had an opportunity to talk about Christ because of his life. Um, it has just been really a beautiful and rich thing. Um, to see uh, to see how God's been glorified through Cam's life. And so, um, yeah, I think that, that I theoretically have always kind of believed that and have worked towards that. But it, it's pretty much in terms of my experience and seeing that happen um, has reinforced that that is, you know, just it's the greatest. <laughs> you know, it's like mm-hmm. it's, the, it's the, the, the ultimate good in terms of being a parent. A second thing I would say is I think feel like I am able to enjoy uh, my second, third, and fourth child a little bit more um, because I kind of, I, and I wrote about this recently on Gospel Coalition, but I kind of see them as a gift a little bit more. So some of it is a matter of like post-traumatic stress for my wife and me, but you know, we don't, this is going to sound really sad um, and maybe a little crazy, but like it's and it's it's wearing it's wearing off a little bit, but I mean I would say for our second and third um, second and third child, we just really didn't expect that they would live past three years, you know, three and a quarter years. Hmm. We're kind of because our first child, that's all we lived, and so we're like, oh, that's just kind of how it is. We have children and they die, 
And so, you know, we got so anxious as our daughter was moving closer and closer to, to that date. And, um, there was almost an expectation of like, uh, this is it. And so, uh, the Lord is healing that more and more, but I will say it does take us to a place where we're just really grateful that our kids are alive. Um, and so, uh, it, it frees us up to kind of enjoy them as a gift. And I feel like for a lot of parents, it's so easy to be your kids as a project. Like, oh, I got to go, you know, I got to get make this child the best student or the best, the best athlete, or I got to make them into the coolest person or you know, the, 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 you know, best, best business person, whatever it is. You know, we have these dreams that we project on our, on our kids and we try to build them for it. I think it's a big temptation for a lot of parents to raise their kids and, you know, and view them as a project. On the other hand, a lot of times it's very easy and this is a daily struggle to view our kids as a burden, um, especially when they're young. It's then when they're when they're teenagers too, because they are tough, you know, tiring. <laughs> they're difficult, and I don't know, my wife and I, we I think we are fortunate that we can kind of view our uh, daughter and then our younger two sons as you know as a gift, and I feel a lot more freedom to uh, to enjoy them. I think as a youth pastor. Um, none of these things are really new, but they're things that I definitely emphasize more. I think it's very easy to become complacent with evangelism. Uh, and, you know, just kind of like, oh, you know, I presume that they're a Christian because they come to church or they're in a good Christian family or, um, or, you know, sometimes I think because it's a pluralistic culture and, uh, imposing your beliefs on another person is, is seen as like one of the one of the most carnal sins you could ever commit in, you know, our, our secular culture today. I think a lot of times people kind of don't want to enter into evangelism for that reason. But, um, uh, I think you're even camps of youth ministry that are just quote unquote too cool for evangelism. <laughs> you know, they've gotten so cutting edge or progressive that, um, that, you know, basic things like leading, leading people to Christ and teaching students how to lead people to Christ. So that's, you know, they're too progressive for, for such rudimentary things as that. Um, and, you know, like, I would just say we never need to get too cool for for evangelism. And so I think praying for my kids, my students, their salvation, um, praying for opportunities to share the gospel with them, getting clear with them on whether or not they're trusting in themselves for salvation or they're trusting in uh, Jesus himself and his life and work uh, for their salvation. Yeah, so... Um, so we've got to... Sorry, I'm, I'm interrupting you. It's so rude. Um, so, so, so in light of that, I mean, do you find your, like your teaching, your lessons, your one, one-to-one meeting with students, do you find your conversations and your lessons kind of going there a little bit more frequently? Again, you know, maybe asking more pointed questions, you know, are you sure you know what you believe? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think, I think, you know, for me, uh, we kind of have a, a role of all the different kids that are involved in our ministry. And I think that I'm a little more cognizant of like, do I really know where this child's eternal security is? I'm a little more uh, intentional and thoughtful in that way. And um, I think I've always, I've always kind of had a mentality in, in our youth gatherings um, that I, you know, I don't necessarily need to do a, a revivalistic style, you know, um, come on down uh, at every single meeting, I think there's definitely a good place for that at times, but I think, you know, making clear. And then the thing I always say to students is like, um, you know, being a Christian means you no longer trusting 
trusting yourself as your Savior and your Lord, but now you're trusting Jesus to be your Savior and your Lord. You're following Jesus. But I, I think that I'm all I'm, I'm I think that yeah I, I I'm intentionally trying to be more and more clear for kids to help them find out where they stand. Like who do they trust themselves or they trust Christ? Now that's that's good. And, and going back, I mean, when, when you're talking about just how your perspective has changed on your parenting. Um, and for sure, I mean, that's something I was wondering when you said that you, in a sense, appreciate and enjoy your children more because, you know, you said you, there was a sense in which you didn't expect them to live past three. Um, and, you know, you talked about your worst day or that, you know, your worst nightmare um, coming true. Do, do you feel like you still, is that still there with your other children? Um, do you do you worry? Do you find that you're you're gravitating towards that again with your other children since it has happened? Um, what are your your thoughts there? That's a really good question. Um, you know what? I would say um, not as much <laughs> now that I'm on the side. I I, um, I think some of it is like you know you've kind of gone through the fire and the Lord has been faithful and has brought you out of it, and so. I mean, certainly I'm like, oh man, like I couldn't, I would not want to go through that again. And you're kind of like, well, I have gone through that though before and God's faithful. And if it happened again, God be faithful again. Um, so no, I, I honestly, I personally don't worry about it um, quite as much. Um, now I will say, I mean, there are certain things like, um, you know, I probably like when one of my kids sleeps late, I get a little, maybe a little more nervous than I did before of like, Oh no, you know, is maybe this child not going to wake up to you. That's, you know, that's kind of an, being really honest that that's a, that's not a, an absent thing. But I, in terms of like dreading, like I used to, I honestly, I don't dread it to the same degree um, as I used to, because I've seen the Lord kind of restore and redeem me. Mm-hmm. Such a circumstance. Yeah. And this is what we're starting to close this out. Just, just out of curiosity, how often do you talk about Cameron uh, to your other children? Is that a conversation they bring up? Do you um, have them, you know, asking questions about him? Yeah, we, we probably talk about him every single day. Hmm. Um, you know, his, his pictures all over the house. Um, and you know, we, when people, uh, it's a tricky thing for people who've lost children, but you know, people ask how many, how many children I have, unless I'm really, in a mood, not in a mood to go there. I usually will say I have four kids. Um, and then if they want, you know, if they dig deeper, I'll clarify and say, you know, one of my kids lives in heaven and I have a, a one and three and a five year old. Um, but no, we talk about their Brett Cameron all the time. And, you know, my, my little girl was in kindergarten and, um, of course she's the cutest little girl in the whole world, according to daddy, <laughs> <laughs> most beautiful thing to ever be born. Um, but, uh, you know, she'll, she'll draw family pictures and she brought one home, you know, a few weeks ago and she had, you know, a picture of her brother out there in the sky. It's really sweet, but you know, his life and his testimony are really, um, really an asset for us in terms of us evangelizing our own kids, uh, because, you know, they know that life is short and they know that they have a brother in heaven. They know the realities of the afterlife and, um, they'll know that, you know, our confidence in seeing their older brother one day again, and it, that it comes through Christ and Christ alone. And so, um, so yeah, he's, a, he's a still a very much, a, um, <clears throat> excuse me, he's still very much an, an integral part of our family and a, a part of our daily, our daily conversation, even with our kids. Hmm. That's awesome. Uh, well, again, the, 
The book is Therefore I Have Hope. Um, Cameron, we really appreciate you just taking the time to, again, minister to us uh, by sharing your story, and not only on this podcast, but through uh, your book. So um, thank you. I mean, you've done a service to, to God's kingdom for sure uh, for providing something like this. So thanks for your time this week. Oh, absolutely, man. Thank, thank you for the opportunity.